the game is over. The New York Jets are the world champions. You play to win the game. He's got it. That's a Jet touchdown. Can't wait. You're listening to the official Jets podcast, a Jets 360 production. The end of the regular season is near. Ethan Greenberg and Eric Allen here in studio for the final time bringing you the Jets official podcast game preview. Let me tell you something. Oh, tell me. Tell me. I have no problem with the good people of New England. With that being said, I can't wait to get home. The Jets Patriots at Gillette Stadium New Year's Eve. But I want to spend the New Year back home. <laughs> Gillette Stadium is not the place where I want to end the you season. You sure? Yes. When the Patriots, I mean, the Patriots don't really rest their players anyway yeah. in previous years when they locked it up, but they still have something to play for. What are they, 12 and 3? I think someone said that this is the eighth consecutive year in which the Patriots have won 12 or more games. Very impressive there. Are any calls going to go against the New England Patriots? Oh, in I don't the know. That's a good question. That's a wait and see game. So we're in the press box on Sunday. I'm looking up. It sure looked like uh, Buffalo Bills wide receiver Kelvin Benjamin. Had a touchdown, but that was overruled, and Jets fans know a thing or two about that. But uh, I digress. And Steelers fans know a thing or two about that as well from the previous week. But we're not here to talk about Patriots, the Steelers, the Bills. We're here to talk about the New York Jets. EA, when you take a second and, and look back and almost reflect on this season, it's been a very interesting season for me because I think if you're a fan, you know, expectations from the outside were not high. And early on in the season, this team exceeded those expectations. I still think they exceeded those expectations. But when you look at the next level, there's a lot of reason for Jets fans to be excited moving forward. Well, I think externally the expectations were very low. I don't think the expectations were low inside this building. Remember the Jets, after recovering from an 0-2 start, they won three in a row. They were 3-2. and And, uh, you know, unfortunately for the green and white, Josh McCown went down in Denver and right now they're five and ten last year um, they finished up with a five and eleven record and even if they lose to the Patriots this Sunday this is this season has a completely different feel I think the Jets are building something here chemistry and culture are very important in the National Football League you can't win without those two things and we've seen that from the Jets throughout this season again last Sunday against the L.A. Chargers, who will remain in the playoff race. The Jets were in that ballgame to the very end. I think they proved an even bigger point, Greens, in the loss against the New Orleans Saints, where they went in there, they forced three takeaways. It was 24-19 in the final moments. The Jets can play with anybody, mm-hmm. including the aforementioned New England Patriots. The next step for them in 2018 is winning a few of those games that went the other way. The Jets wrapped up their 4-4 four and four slate at MetLife Stadium. There was an average of seven points that they lost by at MetLife Stadium. Oh, and then the four defeats? In, in yeah, the four I, defeats. I mean, yeah, they're, those are all one-score games, right. right? If you look at Carolina and Atlanta and New England. And, 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 and L.A., yeah, and all four of which have the potential to be playoff teams. Right. And the Jets have played very well at home. We talked about this. but And you just mentioned that that moving forward um, – this team really set something. And I think you can see that. And obviously you don't want to think in these terms, but I think 
it's a different ball game in New Orleans and at home last weekend if McCown is playing and he's healthy because the offense was clicking on all cylinders at the time he went down or the week before he went the down. The week before, yeah. yeah the Denver the, game the Denver was probably – The Denver game is the anomaly of the season. Yeah, I agree with that. I think the Denver game was the Jets' worst performance. I think you ask anybody inside the building, they'd all echo those sentiments. With that being said, uh, McCown was tremendous this season for the Jets, 67% passer, amassed 23 touchdowns. Uh, he was a leader in the locker room. Uh, Bryce Petty is making good plays at times. And then – uh, at times he's missing throws, and you feel his frustration. We saw that Sunday in the post-game news conference. You know, yeah, it's frustrating. It's it's, it's really frustrating. I think that um, mentally, I know exactly where I want to go with the ball, and and it's just my my feet are are faster. Um, they're not as relaxed as my mind is, if that makes sense. So you know, this team deserves better. This offense deserves better, and and I know I can make those plays. And so, um, you know, we got next week, and uh, you know, I'm going to grow from this, learn from this. Um, just like I always do, and, and take the positive with the positive and, and, and work on the, the things that I need to work on. And what makes it tough is that Petty prepares hard. He's not a guy just comes in and, you know, punches his time card in and out. He's a guy who it means so much to him right now. So I'd really like, from a personal standpoint and from an organizational standpoint, I'd like for him to go out and play well against the New England Patriots. All right, let's go down to Kentucky and bring in Chad Pennington. Chad, did you have a nice, warm Christmas down south? Wonderful Christmas, Eric. Uh, we really enjoyed it. Um, we've had a lot of fun. I have some family here and going to go visit some more family. So, always good here in Kentucky. Wonderful. Uh, well wishes to you and everybody down there, of course, Robin and the boys. Let's start off right here. Big picture. How difficult a uh, week is this for Todd Bowles to prepare his guys, knowing that, hey, listen, the end is only a few days away, you're out of playoff contention, and you're going in there and playing the Patriots? This week reminds me, Eric, of uh, 2003, or 6-9, and nine, and going down to Miami with no playoff implications at all. And I remember talking to the team uh, that day before we walked out on the field, and Really, what this week boils down to uh, has nothing to do with football. Um, it has to do with you as an individual man and, and taking pride in your craft and playing and what you put out there on film and playing with each other and enjoying playing the game of football and trying to get a win. That's what it boils down to. So that's, that's what you got to do going on the road is trying to eke out a victory and feel good about the work you put in. Bryce Patty, much of the same in start two as you saw in New Orleans. Uh, this past game against the Chargers, what do you think? Because I was watching the game from the press box up here with Greens at MetLife Stadium, and I thought to myself, there's a few passes again where Chad is going to say, those are gimmies, those are passes you have to make in the National Football League. There's no question. Uh, there's four to six passes there that um, those passes are completed, and we're not talking about passes that are uh, high-level uh, passes or reads or big time plays that have to be made by the receiver just simple not easy but simple completions uh, to be made that certainly make the road to scoring a little bit easier for your offense extend drives uh, give you some breathing room and then I thought at the end of the game you know there was a chance to hit Robbie Anderson on the back shoulder there for a possible tie touchdown uh, there at the end of the game so uh, I did like Bryce with his mobility, being able to move out of the pocket. Sometimes uh, 
I would like to see him recognize that a little bit earlier before the pocket compl- completely collapses on him to be able to get out uh, when you know there's not much there. Um, and then just be able to hit those simple passes. Uh, I think, you know, for the most part, it looked like the reads were pretty consistent, but it's just about being able to execute all the way through to the completion. Real quick, where does that ball have to go? Jets trail on 14-7, fourth down. You're saying, and Bryce said it after the game, that that's a pass he's got to hit. Robbie Anderson, where and when does that ball have to go? I thought the timing of the throw and the read was correct. Uh, the defensive back was about two yards on top of, of Robbie, so Robbie knew in his mind that it needed to be a back shoulder throw. And so it could almost be one of those throws where you actually stop Robbie in his tracks. He catches it, and then he gets the first down, or he, he leaps into the end zone, dives in the end zone for the touchdown. But it's, it's certainly what we call a back shoulder throw, meaning you put it to the sideline, you put it on his shoulder closest to you, not his upfield shoulder, but his backfield shoulder, being able to stop him, let him make it, because the defensive back had his eyes turned toward Robbie. He could not see the throw being made at all by Bryce. And so the last place you want to put that is low and away inside where your receiver doesn't have a chance to catch it. What do you like about the performance from the Jets' defense that held the number seven ranked overall offense only 14 points? I thought the uh, defensive play um, was close to being outstanding. I thought uh, if we had to nitpick the defense a little bit, I would say that there were a couple of explosion plays that they would like to have back. Um, But what they eliminated was they eliminated um, Phillip Rivers and the Chargers offense being able to to collect first downs and gain that momentum. They only had two drives, which were both scoring drives. But other than that, uh, they were able to get off the field on third down. Uh, they kept Rivers from just collecting first downs and building some rhythm and tempo. Uh, it was I thought it was a pretty good defensive performance on the Jets, no doubt about it. Anything Bilal Paul uh, does any more surprise you? Not at all. I think he has become probably my favorite Jet. <laughs> uh, just watching him play uh, with the, the attitude and passion of how he runs football. Uh, he just, he's just he been so uh, stable and such a constant force for them. Uh, it's, it's been nice to see him, to see him break out. I thought the offensive line uh, did a relatively good job of controlling the line of scrimmage and creating some scenes for him. Really impressed by the center running downfield on the on – the, uh, Jonathan Harrison on the 57-yard really touchdown run. Being able to get out in front. Unbelievable you, job there. you gotta, you got to love that. So Bilal had uh, 145 yards on 19 carries. He's now got a season career high in terms of rushing and also rush touchdowns with five. So, again, that guy continues to produce. Big picture, Jamal Adams. What have you seen from him through 15 games? What do you like and where might he have to improve? Well, let's put both of those rookies in there, safety. Okay. That have just, I mean, to to be able to for those both of those guys to come in, Mayan Adams and play as consistent as they have, as they have played as rookies, uh, a lot on their plate mentally, being able to transfer the mental from the chalkboard in the classroom into the physical, and also play that mental game on the field as well. I've been really really impressed. Uh, First of all, I'm impressed with their aggressiveness. But typically, you, sometimes when you see younger players get that action that early in the year and in their career, although they may have the ability because they're thinking so much, it really slows them down in how they play. Uh, but these guys, for the most part, 
have played aggressive uh, from day one. They've played fast. Uh, although they know they're going to make mistakes, it doesn't seem to bother them as much. They just try to learn through those mistakes and play through those mistakes. And so I think um, from an evaluation standpoint, although I haven't just sat down and looked at them in depth, both of those rookie safeties uh, have played extremely well. May has been phenomenal coming up and playing the run, as has Adams. I know uh, Jamal was getting questions about getting beat by Antonio Gates. A lot of people have gotten beat by Antonio Gates throughout (laughs) his career. Um, And I think in time you're going to see him maybe – there were a couple times this year where he was maybe a half a step away. Maybe he's there to make those plays in the future. Well, there's no question. If you look at the Gates touchdown, first of all, that was the perfect throw, and it was an amazing catch. Even though it looked simple and easy, it really wasn't. It was exactly where the ball needed to be, and the only place it could be, it was pretty decent coverage. He slightly got beat by about six inches. Yep. Uh, but when you have two Hall of Famers in Gates and Rivers, six inches means a touchdown. And so – I think um, when you look at coverage skills for safeties, that's really a craft that is learned when you're in the NFL because the safeties really have to do a lot more one-on-one, man-to-man covering, have a lot more responsibilities uh, in the NFL compared to college where they can just kind of roam free and not have to worry about uh, quarterbacks that really know what they're doing uh, with their eyes and their reads. So that's something that will come through experience and repetition. That's an outstanding point right there, Greens. Chad, what do you expect from these two safeties in the final week of the 2017 season? Because they've had three very tough tests in Drew Brees, Phillip Rivers, and now Tom Brady for the second matchup in consecutive weeks. And not only that, but what do you expect from an effort perspective from this Jets team to close out the season? I think their effort will be outstanding. I have not had any problem or issue with their effort all year, and I think that is a testament to Coach Bowles and his staff, how they prepare this team, regardless of the circumstance and the situation. Um, Their effort will will be there, and they will do everything in their power to try to win this football game. Uh, So I don't think we're going to watch a team that will lay down and quit. If they do, I will be extremely surprised and very disappointed. I just don't think this is the makeup of this team nor this staff. And so I I expect a great effort. Um, Obviously, these safeties will be stressed once again, facing Tom Brady, New England Patriots, Rob Gronkowski, all of that. They will be stressed. And, And what you would like to see, you'd like to see like these two young safeties go back, look at their notebook, see what they learn from their first matchup, and then see if they can improve. Knowing that there will be some plays that will be made, there's no question about it, that's inevitable, but can they improve? And you hope as a staff and for Coach Bowles that these two safeties, and really all of your players, but especially like two guys like this, they should have mounds of notebooks already piled up just from this season and the notes that they should have been taken, learning how to be better and learning from their mistakes because they certainly have a chance to be outstanding in the future. Plenty on the line for the Patriots at Gillette Stadium. If they win, they clinch number one seed in the AFC. No love lost between these two teams, as Chad Pennington knows. Chad, Happy New Year to you and your family. We look forward to recapping not only Week 17, next week in 2018, but looking ahead to the future. Absolutely, guys. Happy New Year. All right, always good hearing from uh, CP. Later in the podcast, we're actually going to be joined by the voice of the Jets, 
Bob was using greens. I think Pennington was on the mark again with his analysis saying that this is a test of manhood this week. Who are you as a man and as a professional? The Jets don't need any motivation. They're playing the Patriots. Enough said. This is one of the classic AFC East battles. Jets-Patriots, I mean, throughout the years when you think about it. And for anyone that was on this team last season, which is a handful of guys, there's a pretty sour taste from the last time the green and white made their way up to Foxborough. Especially for Bryce Petty. Exactly. Bryce because Petty's, he got hurt in that game. Bryce Petty's season, 2016 season, where he made four starts, appeared in six games. It ended at Gillette Stadium. So you know this is going to mean a lot to him. So let's see if the Jets can get some offensive momentum going against a Patriots defense who, I'll tell you what, they don't jump off the screen at you as far as anything they do, but they tend not to give up a lot of points. It's the classic bend but don't, don't break, break defense. defense. Yep. Well, when you look at the Patriots defensively, they're 29th overall in the league, but you could also make the argument that other teams are playing from behind for the majority of the they time, are. so they're giving up a lot of yards. And from that aspect, that's the bend but don't break defense. But the Patriots have a talented secondary. I don't think there's a doubt about that when you look at Malcolm Butler, Stephon Gilmore, who – has underperformed in his first season. Well, you're just looking at it from the well, mon yeah. money value. Well, I, yeah. I think he's had ups and downs. I don't know. I, I think a lot of people, if you ask in Buffalo how he played last year, a lot of people would say he didn't play that well. So at some point, mm -hmm. we're going to be looking at Gilmore and saying he is who we thought he was. Yeah, well, the, the one guy in the Patriots secondary that goes overlooked maybe in the national eye is Patrick Chung. And I think that he's one of the guys that you just have to look out for because he can – cover he can stop the run well he's he's done a good job no they're safety Bill Belichick. Right? and they yeah. said McCourty's still there McCourty's uh, still there of course yeah they know so, the system but regardless I think that you'll end up seeing a lot of ground game this week because the Patriots have yielded 115 yards on the ground per game well so. the old and, ad the old ad is just Bill Belichick tries to take away oh yeah what you do best and right now if you're watching the Jets offensively it's Bilal Paul Blaupaw at 145 yards rushing against the Chargers on 19 carries. He's up to a season career high. I think he's got 724 yards rushing, five touchdowns on the ground, and he's all of a sudden averaging 4.3 yards a pop. So I would anticipate the Patriots loading that box and trying to have Petty beat him. EA, someone that knows a thing or two about the Patriots and a thing or two about this Jets team. Bob was in big game Bob. So let's catch up with him while he makes his debut on the official Jets podcast game preview before he takes on some college games this week. Hello? Juice. Hey. Hey, buddy. It's EA and uh, Greenberg. Hey, Bob. How we doing? Good, man. How are you? All is well. People call that? the complex. This is the voice they hear. That is true. I'm the voice of hold. <laughs> the voice of hold, the voice on ESPN, one of the most beloved Jets within the entire organization, Bob Wachusen. Without a doubt. All right, Bob, let's dive into uh, week 17 here. Jets travel up to Gillette Stadium to Foxborough to take on the Patriots, who still have something to play for. How tough of a test do you think this is? And what kind of effort do you expect from this Jets team that's given each team their best shot each week? Um, you know, one more opportunity to play a game 
and there's no team that I think anybody in the NFL, much less the Jets, enjoys beating more than the Patriots. So if, if they could pull off what would be a monumental upset, be a fun way to end the season, Patriots, of course, if they beat the Jets, secure the one seed. Right. They have every reason to play hard in this game. Shoes, what do you make of Bryce Petty's two starts here in 2017? Uh, you know, he looks like a guy that he is very smart. He is a great guy in the locker room. He is exactly the kind of guy you want on your team. But he is inexperienced. I understand from his standpoint, he probably thinks it comes with playing time. It comes with opportunities. But um, the question is how much of those opportunities can you afford to give a growing quarterback? So I think the bottom line is you have to get through this last game. Right. And Bryce gets one more opportunity to do what we all grow up dreaming that you get a chance to do, and that is play in the NFL, and he'll have a chance to put something on tape either for the Jets or maybe for a different team. But I think the wide-angle lens is the Jets need a different story to tell next year at quarterback. How do you think the Jets attack this Patriots team on offense last week and the week before in New Orleans really got the ground game going? Yeah, they have to run the ball. I mean, the only chance you have with Bryce Petty at quarterback is off of play action, and the only chance you have for play action to work is if you have a running game that is threatening the other team. So, I mean, personally, I would like to see a lot more Bilal Powell. I I think Bilal Powell at this point has earned to be the 70% of the game running back. He's the one guy that has shown an explosive quality. Um, You know, he's made some big plays. And so, you know, I would would think that that that's kind of the twofold answer. A, you have to run the ball, and to run the ball, it should be Bilal Powell. Speaking of explosive players offensively, Robbie Anderson averaging 15.1 yards of reception. He's 61 yards shy of 1,000 yards. If I had told you before the season that Robbie Anderson was going to be in position for a 1,000-yard season before Week 17, would you have been surprised? I would have been stunned. Um, you know, at the start of the year, remember that the weakest part of their offense was supposed to be the wide receiver room, and that's why they went out and got Jeremy Curley and Jermaine Curse. Uh, Curse has been a wonderful addition, but even with Quincy and Nunwell going down, Quincy was supposed to be the number one receiver, and then you'd think it would be Curse easily the number one, if not the number two, behind Quincy and Nunwell. And then, um, you know, Robbie Anderson has proven to be their number one receiver, and you know, for an undrafted free agent out of Temple. You know, you see Robbie Anderson with his pads off, and I think the last thing you would ever think that he was was is a professional football player. Maybe a pro basketball player. You know, I mean, everybody in the NBA is skinny as a rail. Right. Um, you know, certainly he looks like an NBA two-guard. So, yeah, I mean, he's the fact that he not only has made it through the season, but has been a productive player literally from week one all the way to this point and is now, I think, a legitimate, complete route runner. I think that's the thing most impressive to me. Um, you know, he was obviously a guy whose role when this team had Eric Decker and Brandon Marshall and Quincy Anunwa, he was the every now and then on-the-field guy who could run a long way in a straight line. Right. And they would throw the ball deep to him once in a while. Um, and you wondered if he could become anything more than that. Well, he has clearly become a lot more than that. If you're a Jets fan, you got to be excited about the, the receiver position because if Anunma comes back and he's healthy, you're pairing him up with Curse, who's been very productive, Robbie Anderson and his emergence, Chad Hansen is flash. You're still hoping our Darius Stewart comes along in his second professional season. So 
that's a very talented position. And like you mentioned, Shoes, entering 2017, that was a monster question mark. Let me, let me go to the defensive side of the ball. How far away is this unit from being one of the better defenses in the National Football League? And I know it's not simple as far as getting that speed pass rusher and getting another cornerback, but are they pretty close? Yeah, there are some guys that I thought were placeholder players that I think have played well enough to make a case that they ought to be back. And by bringing them back, it actually allows you to address some other positions that I didn't think they were going to have an opportunity to address. I mean, it goes without saying that the safeties are you know, probably two of their three best players defensively. Um, you know, The defensive line needs to be better, uh, needs to be more impactful. Uh, but I think the linebackers, like Demario Davis has had a year that I never expected that he would have. Yep. And he has been a legit tackle machine in the middle of the defense. Um, and Mo Claiborne has stayed healthy for an entire year. We, you know, I always said about him when he was with Dallas, God, if that guy could ever just stay on the field and play 16 games, he obviously has the ability to be a, you know, if not a clear-cut number one, kind of a 1A number two corner, well, he has been a number one corner this year because he stayed healthy all year. Now if you're sitting in the room kind of analyzing your defense, you're Mike McCagney looking at it next year, you're going, you know, maybe we keep this Mo Claiborne guy. You know, right. Maybe he stays here and he is. we just compliment him with a lower-priced guy on the other side of the field. Maybe you can look at edge rusher in free agency or you look at edge rusher and there are some really good ones this year in this draft. You know, they've got some flexibility now on defense, I think, because of some surprising performances by guys that I think you thought were just kind of, you know, that old Bill Parcells hold the fort guy, and now you might think you're going to keep here longer term than we expect at the start of the year. You know, the Jets obviously have to play the Patriots this week, but if you're a fan, don't you have cautious reason for optimism considering there is a lot of money to spend in free agency. I don't think I don't buy into the philosophy that you win championships in the spring, but you can fill some holes there. And also, you're probably most likely looking at a top ten, top eight draft pick. Well, they're definitely going to have. I mean, barring a monumental upset, it's an uphill climb. Yep. That they're going to win on Sunday. So if they end up five and eleven, you're going to draft no worse than eight. You may draft seventh, you may draft sixth, depending on what happens in front of you with these other teams that are kind of right in your pocket of the draft and uh, whether or not, you know, they win or lose games this weekend. But who knows? Last weekend of the season, you know, teams sometimes don't have anything to play for. Sometimes teams, you know, kind of rise up in a dead atmosphere and win a game you never expected them to win. Um, they've got options, and, uh, and I think that's the best thing that you can say about where they're going to be traveling. Well, Bob Wischusen, he'll be calling the Cotton Bowl Classic Friday night, USC and Ohio State, 8.30 start on ESPN, and then he'll make his way with the team to Gillette Stadium on Sunday for a little New Year's Eve Jets-Patriots clash. As always, Shoes, we appreciate it. All right, guys, I'll talk to you. Bob Wischusen, the voice of the Jets, Something I didn't know. The voice of hold here at One Jet. You Drive. didn't know that. You I didn't know that. You never called the switchboard. No, I ever. Guess not. No. That's stunning to me. The voice of hold here at One Jet's Drive. Yeah, you get a highlight or two from Bob Wischusen, one of the finest broadcasters in the well, game. Of, and I think he does of, a tremendous job on college basketball and college football. If you need any advice for probably food, 
sightseeing across America. I think Bob has you covered. Well, listen, he's been to a lot of places. He's up in the air. Remember that movie with George Clooney? You see that I one? do, yeah. yeah I yeah. did see that movie. Yeah, so Bob Schusen is a guy you want to get stranded with inside an airport because he knows oh, the yeah, spots. Oh, yeah, he knows the spots. He knows the spots, where we're going to go, how to get up there at the front of the line and things like that. So uh, with Schusen, this is going to be a busy time for him because then he'll make his way with the team to – Gillette Stadium, and then it's college basketball season, and away we go. Something that Bob said that I just want to highlight here is the effort from this Jets team. And I know we talked about it with Chad Pennington, but no matter what has transpired throughout this season, the Jets have always come out on Sunday and put their best foot forward. And you got to give credit to the coaching staff and the players for coming out each and every week no matter what happened last Sunday, short week, I know there's a 24-hour rule, win or loss, that has been installed here, and it's really shown on Sunday. Well, it's just a professional approach. I mean, this is the bottom line from the top on down. It starts with Todd Bowles and what he instilled in this team back in the spring. With that being said, nobody's happy that they're going into New England with a 5-10 and 10 record. Um, but uh, Shoes is right. There's only one game you can point to in the 2017 season and say, woo, they weren't in it. They didn't have a chance, and that was Denver, and that game was an anomaly for the Jets this season. With that being said, uh, you're seeing some young guys develop in front of your eyes. We've talked about it numerous times here on the podcast. Robbie Anderson, 69 yards away from his first 1,000-yard Season It's going to be tough against the Patriots because you talked about their secondary before. Uh, the safeties are growing up bef before our eyes, and Marcus May and Jamal Adams. Eli McGuire is contributing in the backfield. And we'd also be remiss if we didn't mention the offensive line depth because last week Wes Johnson did not start. Jonathan Harrison did a great job up front. Brent Qualley filled in at right tackle mm -hmm. for Brandon Shell. And how about Dakota Dozier stepping in at right guard? For Brian Winter. How about Jonathan Harrison leading the way on Bilal's 57-yard touchdown? Calvin Beecham calls him Harry. Said Harry was leading the way. That's what I call him. I also just want to throw in a couple more names that you talked about. Talked about Anderson, the safeties, and Jamal Adams, Marcus May. How about someone to me like Jordan Jenkins? Yep. Because last season he came on at the end of the season in the final four games, and he said when he was cleaning out his locker and he spoke to the media – which is about a year ago, a little over a year ago to date, is that towards the end of the season, he started getting a little nastier, a little meaner, and then he gets a new position coach in Kevin Green this year. And the Bulldog has taken off in his second year. Yeah. And a lot of the things that he does I don't think show up in a stat sheet. But you know what you're going to get out of him. And he's he gives 110% every play. And you got I, I admire that from he Jordan play, He plays a tough position. He's a guy who's uh, typically setting the edge, playing over the tight end. He's done a fine job. He's stout against the run, turning things inside. The Jets have been a better rush defense throughout the year. They played very well against the run, against the Chargers. Uh, Darren Lee has made steps in his second season. Those are two guys who are part of this foundation moving forward. You talked about McCown before offensively. We'll have to see what happens with him in the offseason. We'll choose and address the uh, quarterback position. Demario Davis is another guy whose contract is up, mm -hmm. uh, who came in and played awfully well for this team. Mike McKagan got him in a swap for Kevin Pryor. I don't think Kevin Pryor is even with the team right now. 
Correct. I know he's not with the Browns. Calvin Pryor was released from the Jaguars, injured reserve. Right. And then uh, the defensive line right now, the Jets uh, decided to sit uh, Muhammad Wilkerson for a second consecutive game, coach's decision. But uh, and uh, Leonard Williams went down for a second consecutive week against the Saints. It was a concussion against the Chargers with lower back injury. But uh, guys like Xavier Cooper and Mike Pinnell, I think they're acquitting themselves well. And we'll have to see what happens this Sunday where the Jets season comes to an end. Again, Jets-Patriots, Gillette Stadium, 1 p.m. on New Year's Eve. I mean, well, what, what else could you ask for? It's crazy that the football season is coming to well, a close here. Well, you know, if you're, if you're a Jets fan, your eye is already appointed to the offseason. But Todd Bowles will put these guys through a good week of practice. They'll be ready to go. Uh, and I anticipate a good effort, win or loss. But then, if you're a Jets fan, you can turn the page, and we're going to talk about it next week on the podcast, Greens. There are so many things to look forward to. Uh, the Jets have financial flexibility. They'll be in a good position in the draft. They have a number of early draft picks in 2018 and April coming up. So there's so much to get to next week. But, yeah. But we'll save it for next yeah, week. That's, that's a little right. tease. Yeah, you better make sure to tune in next week because even though the game previews are coming to a close, we don't stop here on the official Jets podcast. But again, for the final time, signing off from a game preview. Again, Jets-Patriots this Sunday, 1 p.m., Gillette Stadium, putting a bow on 2017. Happy New Year, everybody. Happy New Year. And for Eric Allen, I'm Ethan Greenberg, and see you in 2018.